Blog Talk Radio. Good morning. Welcome to You Are Okay with Blog Talk Radio. This is Mara. Thank you for joining me today to talk about overcoming the delusion that God loves some more. Huge, huge topic. One that we talk about probably a little bit all of the time. Before we get into the topic today, I want to thank you very much for listening to my show, whether you do it in the archives or you do it live. I appreciate your support, and most importantly, I appreciate the fact that we are building together a collective consciousness that is impacting the world, is changing the way people think. I read just a little passage yesterday by Wayne Dyer, and it was so true that I wanted to share it with you folks this morning. Excuse me, I have a bit of allergies going here in Northern California. I think almost everyone in Northern California has allergies, but maybe not. Maybe just me, but I don't think so. And that maybe that's true for everything. We tend to think we're not enough, and everybody else is, to be loved by God. And even though God loves me, I still have allergies. My human form still has places that it can live better than others. In any event, Wayne uh, Dyer said that we need to focus our attention on the positive of everything. We allow our minds to go to negative solutions to problems, and we need to allow peaceful solutions to enter our mind, positive solutions. So instead of there is poverty, allow our minds to envision prosperity for all. While recognizing that we are at war, imagine being at peace. And last time we we prayed together at the beginning about peace. And so today we are going to pray together about prosperity. Prosperity for all. If you'll recall a couple weeks ago, I think it was, I asked everyone to envision everyone uh, from uh, a a single country in a field. As you're meditating today, let us envision instead of the globe, the planet as continents and water, let's instead envision the planet as humanity. So as you're doing this meditation and we're linking our minds and thoughts at the beginning for Aniles, be still thy soul, I would like for you to just imagine as you're seeing the world and you're saying there is enough as you pray in, as you breathe in, and as you breathe out, there is can be prosperity. There is prosperity. Prosperity is possible. We need to think of the wording of that one because that's always the problem is how you say it. If you say, I want prosperity, then what's going to happen? You're going to get a lot of wanting of prosperity. But you're not actually going to have it in your life because there is a really direct correlation between how we ask for something and how it is received. So while we're sitting here in the next few minutes, I will think about exactly the mantra we need to say. Starting off with, I know there is enough. And envisioning prosperity for all in our minds and breathing out, I am enough. You alone are enough to make the difference. Recently, my brother told me that I had 
something that I was supposed to do, and my brother is a heightened sixth sensor also, and it was kind of like, whoa, what are we going to do here, you know? And the thing about being someone with multiple sixth senses, which I think everybody could be if if people just practiced, but when you have multiple sixth senses, you have, like, rules and things you don't do and things you don't allow, and, you know, you may walk into a room and feel the energy of the room, but you don't walk in and allow yourself to to go inside someone's mind and see exactly what they're thinking. Uh, it wouldn't be healthy for you. It wouldn't be healthy for the other person. It would be terrible. What are you going to do with that thought? And so my brother um, has been teasing me about the thoughts of, of someone that I'm, I'm curious about. And um, But in addition, he uh, he said to me something about my future, because I sense a huge change coming to me, a change of giant magnitude. And in that process, as he described for me what I am supposed to do, I realized that what I'm supposed to do might be simply to connect with one person. Just one person. So we all see things in in such huge, huge dimensions. Like, you know, we have to speak before thousands of people to deliver the message. But really, what we need to do is just speak the message. What we really need to do is just join our minds with one other person in believing the message. And as we share, as we share the message, as we live and exemplify the message in our lives. As we show that love is possible, we encourage someone else to believe that love is possible. We help redirect this energy force that is so negatively driven. So our collective thoughts together have far more power than one person. And one of you might be exactly the person who can change the world with your words and your deeds and your love. So we need to work. We we must work, not need. It's not like it's something that we can put off. It's not like trying. We must begin to refocus our thoughts to positive thoughts. And that is pretty much going to be the theme today. Refocusing our thoughts to positive thoughts. And we will run across topics like faith and other things, um, which frankly I'm not really going to be well-versed to talk about, but we can. We can. And we'll basically talk about whatever God tells me to talk about as we're doing this program today. But the one thing I can tell you is absolute and certain. It will be about love. Love of all. Appreciation for all, caring for all, seeking out our highest words, and being our highest selves. I know that those will be the theme because those are the theme of every show. And so now as we begin to do a meditation to Annihil's Be Still Thy Soul, oh, and before we start that, please, please, if you have, like, i got this wonderful little thing called an iPad. Um, I live in the backwoods, okay? Everybody isn't walking around with an iPad, although some people are. Um, let me tell you, oh, my goodness. 
I was able to download Aniles Be Still Thy Soul. Actually, there's, she's got a whole Love and Light. She's got a whole series with Bradfield and stuff. Beautiful, beautiful meditation music. You cannot have that music on around you and not feel your body begin to bounce and resonate to the love of God. You feel God within you. You feel God around you. That music is all in the right chords to just elicit connection and peace. So be still, that soul is wonderful, and that's why we start every show with it. But really, I encourage you. I don't think it was a lot of money, but I'll tell you what. If there's anyone out there who would like to download this on some machine they have, iPod, computer, whatever, from iTunes, and you don't have the $9.99, because I think that's what it cost, send me a text. Send me, or maybe not a text, send me an email, a message here. I will make certain that you get an Anil and Bradfield album so that you can feel the immense power. When you feel God all around you in such vibrancy that your skin is electrically charged, then you'll know why I have a hard time with faith. For me, it isn't faith, it's knowing. Aniles, be still thy soul, breathing in through your your nose as though it's in the soles of your feet, so that you're going to elongate that breath and pull it up the front of your calves, up the front of your thighs, crossing over till you get to your base chakra, the zone of fear, and you're going to release your human fears to the earth from whence they came as you bring a fearless breath up. You'll come to the sacral chakra, the zone of creativity. Not only our sexual creativity, our recreation of our race, but of creativity, of thinking, of action, of deeds. It's almost your brave zone. It's a connection zone. It's a place to connect with spirit, with God, with love, and know that you are moving forward in a positive direction. Creatively, stepping outside the box at times is necessary. You'll next come up to the sacral chakra, excuse me, to the uh, solar plexus chakra. And when you get to the solar plexus chakra, I would like for you to uh, think about healing. We all have dis-ease in our bodies. We all have moments when we are not attuned to the inner divinity within us, when our divining rod is a bit off. I've had one of those this weekend. I've been crying, 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 not over the present but over the past. And, and trying to let go of things and facing often the internal, eternal, internal and eternal question, why? Why me? I really will suggest to you as we go forward today that the answer to why me, the searching for the answer to the why me, is what has caused us to believe that some are more blessed than others by God and more loved by others than God. 
So that will be part of our topic. And as you go through the solar plexus chakra, please envision the yellow energy of it and send healing energy throughout your body and to the planet. Fearless, creative healing. And next you'll come to to the heart chakra. Thrust back your shoulders. Square them so that your heart is exposed. So many people live their lives with their shoulders pulled over to protect their heart. For today, and perhaps for tomorrow if you can, Leave your heart exposed, because by exposing your heart, you show your genuineness, and you show love. 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 Feel the love, and feel prosperity for all of mankind. You will come next to the throat chakra, the zone of our words. I call it the zone of forgiveness, and the reason I do is because with our words, we harm so much. We harm those around us, and those words can last forever. Something composed in the matter of two seconds can send an energy that will hurt for centuries. Look at the Hatfields and McCoys. It echoes on in time. It builds. It grows. And that is why, as I said, we will be focusing on our positive words. This is the zone of forgiveness. As you go through, you bring your create. Excuse me, your um, fearless, creative, healing, loving breath up to the throat chakra. Please forgive yourself for things you have said there in the past. You cannot change the past, and we spend way too much time focusing on the whys of the past. Now pull your fearless, creative, healing, loving, forgiving breath up to the third eye, the zone between your eyes. For those of you who are Christian, it's discussed in the Bible by Jesus. For those of you who are um, other faiths, You can feel it with this energy as you pull up. That is the zone of manifestation. That is the zone where we are creating the world in which we live by our thoughts. And as you're sitting in the zone of manifestation in your third eye for today, please envision a globe with people upon it not just land. If you can hear these trucks going by, I'm sorry, it's harvest season. But you can see a globe with people upon it, the mass of humanity, and all of the diverse, beautiful colors that have been created by our environment in the beginning of time. And see that globe. See those people. And envision money coming from heaven and food coming from heaven so that people have food, they have money, they are prosperous. Now pulling that fearless, creative, healing, 
loving, forgiving, manifesting breath up, I would like you to take it into the crown chakra. And the crown chakra is at the top of your head, and I would like you to act as though the top of your head is a baseball cap and just lift it off and allow your breath, your beautiful, fearless, creative, healing, loving, forgiving, manifesting breath to merge with the breath of God. And know that you are uniquely created, divinely inspired as you breathe out, I am enough. I'm going to have you do that for three minutes and 40 seconds without interruption from me. And I'm going to invite you at your end of your first breath to reach out your hand and take the hand of God as you know God to be. And I think you may be surprised at how soft and powerful the hand of God is. How the energy just circulates through your body and across your shoulders. That it uplifts you. It uplifts you and it's always there. And as you withdraw, excuse me, as you exhale your second breath, please reach out and take the hand of God as someone else knows him to be, as one of our listeners know him to be, so that we will create an infinite circle of man, God, woman, God, that continues on and on in time as people join our circle, because the energy of our circle will continue on in time. And collectively, as we grow in numbers, We will make a difference. All we are saying is give love a chance. Annihils, be still thy soul.
I am enough. You are a source of light. You are enough. We don't have to change everything in one giant cataclysmic event that scares mankind. Although there's a Dean Kuhn's book out there that has that kind of ending, uh, a circumstance where a person, a woman is genetically created and uh, becomes the uh, Messiah, which is the totally opposite of what everyone has envisioned who's caught up and waiting for the Messiah to come back, which is about two-thirds of our world between Christian, Islam, and Jews. And the uh, the woman who comes back is just full of knowledge. Just think about it. How much knowledge are you finding day by day that you know that you don't even know where you acquired, but you know it's the truth, it's a right thinking, it's loving, it's gentle, it's kind. She was full of knowledge, and she was prepared to debate the Pope, and the Pope was prepared in a political power struggle to do whatever the Pope did and does. But what is interesting about this book was it deals with the negative energy of life. And I'm sorry, I cannot remember the name of it. And I have looked, and with Dean Kuhn's books, the names all look so different, and they've changed the covers. I could have recognized the cover. But what happened is it's a battle between negative and positive, which is what all of his books are about. But in the end, when people started looking at each other, Instead of seeing this man or woman that has been shaped by feeling not enough, by feeling as though there is not enough of God's love, so therefore they have to follow some sort of prescribed path to victory, even if it meant that they would have to go on the crusades, to be enough, to show they were enough for God basically transposing this human form's ideas, this human form's feeling of inadequacy, the one we have to challenge all the time, onto God, making God less than man, or at least equal to man. We are in God's image. We are not in God's form. And in the end, what happens in this book, and I know you're not supposed to tell the ends, but if you start reading, you'll know it's now going to give a end. They saw the child. And you remember, you're probably all too young to remember, but there's this play and movie called South It takes a long time to teach someone to hate. It takes long time to teach someone to hate. And so people began looking at each other. Instead of seeing this vision of this human being being taught to hate in order to be enough, you saw a child who was taught to hate. And when you see children engaged in behavior that's unloving, I guess you have a couple of options, don't you? You can respond lovingly. 
you can soothe them down and help them see that everything's okay. And okay is enough to soothe them down. And that's how this book ended, with everything soothed down and realizing that you don't need more than you have, than you need. You don't need more. You may need more than you have. Excuse me. That was a misstatement on my part. I completed that wrong. You don't need more than you need to survive. The rest of it is surplusage. Some people don't care to have surplusage. They're very happy with what they have. I see this show on TV. I have a hard time watching the whole thing, not because I have a high lading family, because they remind me of my family when I was a child, maybe not quite so much, but there were, certainly it's what people call two hillbilly families. My family was a hillbilly family. And uh, we may not have known always the right things to do, and, and there may have been some air or past at various times, but not my mother. My mother came uh, from a fairly um, influential family, and so she was aghast at any behavior and, and had a side of her, despite her lack of education, that was teal, uh, that she had learned. But this program is called Honey Boo Boo. I think that's it. What I don't like about it is all of the stuff dealing with going and judging people on who's the prettiest. And you, and you can just be your pretty self without being all dolled up and dressed up and spending a tremendous amount of money Beauty such a business because most of us don't feel like we're enough unless we have done something to make ourselves look more. Wow, thank you, God. That's a rather pearl and I hadn't thought about that. So in any event, but that family, they were happy before and they're happy now. They don't live in Trump Towers. Some people who are happy living from towers, and that's okay too. But surely there is enough money, enough food, and enough shelter that we make everyone at least has enough. Everyone has food, clothing, and shelter. What they choose to do with it after that. That is their choice. There is an innate drive within people. I believe it's in personalities. I do not believe that it is something that is raised or brought up into person. And there is an innate drive to want to achieve and succeed. And I would never, never say don't allow people to get to a level where they define they're not enough enough as long as everyone else has I feel like I'm the conversation with God here. God, 
you know, I hope that this is making sense. And uh, there's been seldom times when I've felt like we need a transcript, but this might be one of them. But but the deal is that that innate drive that that drove me past my where my family was and what was for my family, that drove me uh, to establish what I need. And I hear my sister describe it and. And I, the words are less than complimentary, but I know that I do not take advantage of people, and so I'm okay with what I've accumulated around me. But the reality is those are the things that I chose to work for. Everybody doesn't want to have the same stuff, but for gosh sakes, everyone is loved by God. How much you have is a product of that innate drive. How much you desire is a product of that innate drive. And the Protestant work ethic needs to be put on the shelf. I'm not sure it worked back in the days of Hester Stein, and I know it does not work today. I am hearing it at its worst being fested in an election, and it is saddening decision to think that enlightened people, people who have an education, would be speaking in terms that would make some people worthy and some people not. That would rile up people that they might be part of some fictitious percent. And act as though that 47% doesn't have a say. That is really the challenge around our globe, is to be sure that 100% of the people have the basics. Enough. And that is what we are focusing on in that meditation. The topic today, the delusion that God loves some more. I like what I was encouraged to write about this by God. Join me to talk about how close God, known by many names, is to you at all times, no matter your faith or lack of faith. That God loves everyone the same, even though humans struggle to do so. You know that. You're holding hands with God right now. You feel the energy of God in the palm of your hand. You feel your hand heating up. And you know that you are not alone. You know that God is there. That knowledge belies faith. I have always known that God exists. I have never for a moment of my life doubted that God was there. I have not always made perfect decisions and according to the judgments of others because remember my behavior is not only subject to my judgment and my approval it's also subject to how other people have viewed my behavior and judged it. It's also subject to Judgment, judgment, judgment. Even when you move past the judgment, the behavior is still being judged. But not by God. And I've known that my whole life. 
they they've been experientially choices that I've made to experience life, to live life. But I've known that God did not love me less because I did this. And to me that was silly and that makes me different than a lot of people. I know when I take my last breath in this form I'm going home. I'm going back to be with God, to be a part of God. I'm going to give up this human form with all of its senses of inadequacies and all of its emotions and all of the judgment that seems to be literally ground into the skin, into the dust from which this body came. I'm going to leave that and go to the other side where everything is enough, everything is equal, and everyone is loved. I have my ideas about the other side, and you probably have your ideas about the other side. That doesn't matter because the other side is exactly that. It is the other side. It is separate although connected, it is separate from this existence. And it is not connected to this existence in terms of providing this existence providing a venue to establish your worthiness. You are enough. You are here to experience, to grow through emotions that are not available on the other side, to experience the realization that you felt this morning when you held out your hands and took the hand of God on either side of you, to experience the joy of that feeling, that immersion in the energy of God, in the realization that your journey toward God is meaningful. Because once you feel that feeling, you will never forget that feeling exists. You will for all time know the feeling exists and you will know how to get there. Sit down, do the lotus position, Lay down, begin breathing through the soles of your feet and inviting God into your being. And that's what this life is about. This life is about the joy of doing your highest. Have you ever walked away from a a situation where you had a choice to thrust that sword one more time into the heart of the person who is there and destroy them a little bit more or to leave the sword in its scabbard and instead reach out your hand and say, how can we fix this? Which of those two instances do you walk away cleansed, feeling better, knowing the joy of positive thinking and action? 
And which do you walk away belabored and begin justifying? You don't have to justify positive behavior. It's the right behavior. But when you take that sword of words and you put it in and destroy a part of another being, when you walk away, you will begin looking for people who agree that you should have said what you said. Those words were hang on and you will justify them and rationalize them. And you may even change them to make them something less mean-spirited and negative than they were. This life is about choices. It's about free will to choose to be your highest self or to not be. But the reality is, no matter which you choose, God is with you. God is with you to soothe. God is with everyone. Those who are noble in their actions and those who are ignoble in their actions. That person, you and I, when we choose to follow that negative bend, when we choose to step out in that with those negative words, God is there with us, providing us the support, the power. the ability to pause, to take three deep breaths, breathing in, and to change our course. And when it's done, God is there. When the behavior that we engaged in is so immense that it becomes an OCD type event, an obsessive compulsive thought as we're trying to make it right in our head, God is there to take that thought away from us, to refresh in us, to soothe us, and to lead us into the next moment. You are never alone. I am always troubled by the fact that there are people who think that you have to somehow measure up. You have to be more than you are. You have to Be someone different than you are. What you need to do is not be a different person, but to act differently at times. If you found that your life has become full of struggles to show that you are enough and that the way you have evaluated and determined being enough is requires you to have others be less than you are, then that's a behavior you need to change in order to know the peace in this life of being with God. My friends, 
we're all going to go home to the other side, whether we reunited and reconnected with God, whether we remembered God or remembered with God in this life. We are all going to go home to the other side and be with God again. We are. But in this human form, the joy, the experience of remembering exceeds any other human emotion and experience there is. It is more than orgasmic. It is more than that petty, paltry feeling of superiority that comes from one-upping someone else. It is that feeling of not one-upping, but being one with all that is. And you can experience it in this form. That's what life is about. The peace of being one with all that is. The peace of being equal and caring that all have. The peace of knowing God is with you always, even when you screw up. And you will. We all do. And knowing that God is there to cleanse you. You don't have to prostrate yourself on the floor. Prost- yeah, straight, I said it. You don't have to. You don't have to eat a wafer or a piece of bread or drink some wine. You don't have to sit in a, cupu- a cubicle and tell someone. You don't have to do anything but reach out your hand and say, God, I screwed up there. Please help me to remember that screw-up so in the future I won't do that again. And if you do do it again, God, I really screwed up there. Thank you for helping me to remember in the future this event. Because I do not want to take away the dignity of others. Even if you have, my friends, and I have more than many, I have never once had anyone treat me poorly because of what I have. Because in all instances, I respect who they are. In all instances, I respect who they are. And I am not afraid to apologize for their perceived disrespectful behavior. And I think of one from just the other day, and it makes me smile. But I was so shocked. Um, I was at the Dairy Cage. There were multiple 
there were two people there, me and another woman. And I reached in front of her to grab something I wanted because I knew what I wanted, and she was looking. And she was insulted. She thought that I had disrespected her because she was Latina and had basically reached in front of her is what she said. And and she said, how disrespectful. Wow. An act that had unintended consequences. What did I say earlier about it being judged by others? I'm much more cautious of the dairy case now, I want you to know. But what was at that moment, what was most important, was to be conscious with that beautiful soul, that Latina girl. And I looked at her and I said, please, accept my apology. I had no intent to do that. That is not who I am. And she said, okay. But I sensed at that moment, and I talked about the six senses, I did not go into her brain, but I did sense within her a feeling like shock that I had apologized, but also, yeah, right. In her young little life, she had been treated so poorly by so many people that she had to demand the respect that was her due. People should not have to demand to be treated as what they are, a being in the image of God with a divine spark within them in a human form. in a form composed of this planet. That's what this show is about. God loves everyone the same, but you have to believe and think that that is true. And act that life. I'd like to share with you something by Shri Daya, da, Daya Mata, um, who is the um, who basically followed uh, Yogananda at the uh, Self Realization Foundation, and she said this on January twenty eighth, nineteen sixty two. Watch your own thoughts and actions, and this is core to what we are talking about today because it's up to you and I to remind people that God is all around them and God loves them by our actions, by our deeds, by our treating everyone as worthy, by our not expecting people to measure up to some sort of standard that we have, by not thinking that we have the right to make decisions for other people, but instead by giving them the dignity of making their own decisions, allowing them to exercise their own free will, and then knowing that we are accountable for our lives and our decisions. Watch your own thoughts and actions, January 28, 1962. 
Guruji used to say to us after we had meditated, remain quiet, be withdrawn. Even when you have your meditation seat, let your mind rest constantly or as often as possible in the thought of God. Let me read that again. I may have misstated. Even when you leave your meditation seat, let your mind rest constantly or as often as possible in the thought of God. In that thought, we draw the strengths, the wisdom, the great love that our souls hunger for. Be mentally anchored in that which alone is changeless in this changing world. God. When one gets to know his real nature, he becomes a bubbling ocean of joy within. And he is so desirous of holding on to that joy that he is careful to avoid displaying it too much outwardly, lest it be lost. Be always kind and loving. Get away from petty thoughts, from smallness. If others are unkind to you, try to win them by your love. If that doesn't work, then give the problem to God and forget it. Don't OCD on it. This is the way to get along in the world. Each one of us should strive to manifest divine love. We are not to concern ourselves with whether or not others are manifesting this love. If we base our behavior on that of others, we will never overcome the small self. We have to seek to maintain a higher consciousness for ourselves. If that lofty ideal is always in your mind. And if you are concentrated on your own striving, you will have no time to think whether or not others are following this ideal or doing their part. Your concern should be only for your own actions and your own state of consciousness, whether you are inwardly racing to the feet of the Divine Beloved. May I add, you are enough. You are vital. You are a part of the plan. And every kind act you do to break down the barriers between man and God, every time you encourage someone that they are enough, we are inviting someone to experience the journey of being one with all that is, of knowing that pleasure in this human form, Because when one lives it, there is no opposite on the other side. All that is, is love. Even those who have died and come back describe that immeasurable sense of love that they are going into. And it's an experience they can describe only because they did not die. When there is no counter to love, it just is. Here we get the opportunity to live in a place of counterpoints. And by being love, by living love, by showing love, by inviting others to be in love, we are inviting people in this human form to know the joy of being one with God while still knowing the tactile pleasures 
of being in this form. That is lovely. I'm going to select a piece of music here today, and and I'm looking now very quickly. I'm going to go with Farthest Shore. We have just about five minutes and 37 seconds left, and I'm going to put it down a little and talk through it as I lead us out in the meditation. I invite everyone to reconnect in the circle. If you've let go, of the hand of the God on either side of you. Take it back. Hold that hand and feel the energy of God as it moves through our circle. Feel the energy of God crossing your your shoulders, coming up your left arm, crossing your shoulders and going down your right arm into God beside you. And now feel the energy of God from the right side, coming up your right arm, crossing your shoulders, and going down into the left arm. Feel your back become vibrant with the energy of love as our circle expands in love and begins taking on a life, moving in and out like a small organism, except it's a growing organism. It's an organism of love, an organism of kindness, an organism of appreciation and caring, And now we're going to begin to imagine this feeling with us always and know that that is possible. So you're going to invite your muscles to remember this feeling. You're going to create a muscle memory. And you're going to create a breathing memory. So that any time you stop anywhere, and you breathe in fearless, creative, healing, loving, forgiving, manifesting, divinely inspired breath. You will feel in your back, in your arms, in your hands, this power of God this loving energy and you will know God is with you at that moment. Let your mind rest with God as often as it can. Feel the presence of God around you always. Don't allow any layers to come between you. That doesn't mean that you cannot enjoy the rituals of your faith. Pull those rituals in with your own personal experience. Enhance them. As you eat that wafer and drink that wine, as you eat that wafer and drink 
that juice. Imagine, breathe in and out as you're coming to it, so that as you are in that experience, you are ignited by the presence of God in your life, the memory in your muscles, so that that ritual takes on a significance that exceeds anything it's had before. As you roll out your rug and you bow to the east, as you cleanse your hands, begin breathing in and out, igniting your body with the presence of God around you so that when you pray in solemn appreciation to God, you feel God there with you in that moment. You know you are enough. You know that God loves you. And that is what this message is about. God loves you. Imbue your rituals with God's love. Imbue your participation by bringing back this memory. So that when you are in a place of worship, you feel God permeating every square inch, including you. That has brought tears to my eyes many times. And when you face hardship, thank God for keeping you safe. Thank God for being with you in that moment of trial and tribulation. It is not God that denies you enough food and shelter. That is man. May peace be with you all. Until next week, the week after next. There will not be one next week. Namaste. Peace be with you.